0: Welcome to QB Rider Podcast. My name's Ray here, and great to have you along. If this is the first podcast of ours you've listened to, please do hit that subscribe button. I'd love to have you along for the ride. In this week's episode, we're gonna catch up with Peter Elliott, in another edition of Pete's People. We've got our winter riding tip, thank you very much to Protector Insurance. But right now it's time to get into the top five. And this week on the top five, it's the top five motorcycle lies. In at number five, you can't register an enduro bike on the road in New Zealand. Well, no, you can. There's a small loophole loophole in the law that uh, not every motorcycle dealer knows about. I managed to get a brand new Beta RR430 road registered. After the laws changed here in New Zealand, and had an absolute blast with it. Uh, For more information on that bike, do check out any of the episodes in the second half of last year. So you can get an enduro bike road legal in New Zealand. Number four on the top five motorcycle uh, lies. You don't need to touch the ground when you're riding. Although it is doable to ride without touching the ground... Being able to touch the ground or at least get one foot down is a massive confidence booster. And I know personally being able to get at least one big toe on each foot on the ground in my situation on the Tenere 7 has has increased my willingness to try out more and more difficult situations uh, tenfold. So uh, that is a lie that you don't need to be able to touch the ground when you're riding. Number three on the list of top five motorcycle lies, getting wet and cold is all part of riding. Nope, layer up, you need to get yourself some proper gear, and you'll never be cold again. Heated gear is a great idea as well. Heated grips can help even more so. Uh, there is no reason to be cold or wet on a motorcycle. In fact, the opposite. If you're cold and wet, you're likely to lose concentration, lose control of the motorcycle, and have a crash. So make sure you keep that blood pumping and keep your extremities nice and warm. Number two on the list of top five motorcycle lies loud pipes save lives. If you're listening to this podcast, then you probably agree with us that, uh, well, if you want a loud pipe on your bike, that's all well and good. That's fine. We're not going to say no. In fact, some bikes sound absolutely fantastic with loud pipes. But don't try and justify it as a safety device. Your pipe points backwards, and although you can hear the sound forwards, it's not going to be that loud, and people in cars really don't care. They are just listening to News Talk ZB. So uh, make sure that you're not trying to justify your loud pipe as a safety device. Loud pipes do not save lives end of story and number one on the list of top five motorcycle lies you only need one motorcycle you can't ride more than one at a time well that's a lie i may be the uh i may only be able to ride one at a time but i need one for adventure one for town one for touring one for fun and probably a dirt bike in the garage too there you go that's your top five list of motorcycle lies for a winter riding tip. Thank you very much Protector Insurance. They're sharing these motorcycle tips throughout winter to try and uh, well, not necessarily decrease the amount of payouts they have to do but keep motorcyclists safe. Protector Insurance. Motorcycle insurance by motorcyclists for motorcyclists. Uh, and this week's tip is dress in layers. Layering is essential for winter riding. Start with a moisture wicking base layer. We're talking something not cottony. Uh, this helps keeps the, keeps the sweat away from your skin then add a thermal mid layer for insulation, uh, this could be something merino-esque uh, a wind and waterproof outer layer to protect against the elements pay special attention to extremities by wearing insulated gloves thick socks, appropriate boots, a thermal balaclava and neck gaiter is always a great idea, uh, this is going to help retain heat around your head and neck and remember to wear your helmet um, as long as it fits well um, and uh, allows proper ventilation to prevent fogging. Chuck a pinlock inside your helmet there as well. Make sure that you are warm and dry if you've got a set of riding gear that's not waterproof. Grab yourself a waterproof uh, outer shell. These uh, companies that make these are like Scott Um, and although you may not be riding through rain, uh, they work really, really well as an extra um, thermal insulation layer, they keep the wind off you uh, so you stay nice and toasty. Stay warm and dry, dress in layers. This winter riding tip, thank you very much Protector Insurance, check out Protector.co.nz to see if you're on the best possible deal for your motorcycle insurance and if you are, great, if you're not, then they should be able to help you out. uh, Protector Insurance can offer you uh, track day cover, they'll give you a rebate, if you do a ride forever course as well, uh, and they'll cover not just your motorcycle but your gear. Additionally to that as well, so protector.co.nz. Thank you very much, Protector Insurance, for sponsoring this episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast. Right, Peter Elliott's in now with Pete's people.
1: Chris Smith. In life, we meet many people. Some pass through with nods and the odd word. Others may become lifelong friends, and some, very few. Become teachers of note. Chris Smith is not an immediately obvious candidate for the latter. In fact, he mostly looks like he hasn't got any time to spare. But he is a committed teacher and dedicated to safety on a motorcycle. He's a mentor to many, and that's no idle statement. Chris always looks like he just got off his bike after setting the hottest time of the track, and he probably has. There's a hint of sweat and serious racing endeavour about the man. There's almost that of an addict. He's out looking for his next hit but he's going to make enough time for you to be safe while you go out and chase your own bike dreams. And if you've had the good fortune to have him grant you the time, you'll have been gifted with no bullshit facts, useful and reputable knowledge, and your bike will suddenly feel like God tuned it. Most significantly, he has a unique ability to rewire you up to that real excitement we feel as bikers but we never acknowledge to other riders, or non-riders, where it inspires one to get out on the road, as soon as possible. I phoned him, and I asked him to send me a few facts and figures of his bike career, and immediately he's off on his adventures. I can't tell you everything, he said. Some of it's illegal. Some of it's probably immoral. Well, oh yes, you bloody can, Chris. <laughs> well, when I was in the UK shooting movies, I mean, Chris is a hugely talented UK-born stunt rider and rigger. We'd have to go and shoot something on the Isle of Man, but I don't fly, so I'd get a ferry ticket, and I'd take a decent bike with me for downtimes. I mean, it's great to get out and play when I could, But then they instigated a speed limit, 135 miles an hour, and it ruined everything. I laughed. Part envy, part fear. We've all seen those Isle of Man crashes on YouTube. Motorcycling was always uppermost in his mind. Chris tells of he and his mates gathering in a Marlowe pub on a Thursday night, sticking a map of Europe on the dartboard and chucking a dart at it to see where they'd go for a ride. The plan was to try to get as many passport stamps as possible by the time you were back for Monday morning work. And of course, that got ruined by joining the European Union, but I imagine it's all back on again now. Post-Brexit, passport controls in the UK are back. He also remembered a vivid experience of racing his ZRX 1100 complete with a strapped-on booster at some French town in the early 2000s. He can't remember why, but it seemed like a good idea at the time. More on this later. The man has experience and history. Not to mention cojones the size of melons. And cheek Proviso. I wasn't always this clever. I suspect he means that he's a bit more rational these days and has had some time to reflect. Well, bring it on, Chris. Reflect away. Chris passed his motorcycle licence test in the UK on the second attempt in 1991. Busy heights of owning a Honda Super Dream 250. The Honda was twice as heavy and less than half as powerful as a modern 250 today. Perfect. So perfect, in fact, that it got painted in three or four different guises. At one point it was neon pink with black tiger stripes. Then later, it was painted in Vivian Westwood urban camo. Incredibly, this bike is still going. It lives with one of Chris's lifetime mates in the UK, James, known as Grimmy, and he's currently the 28th owner. Boat anger has uh, endured through mateship and hardship for decades. Well, it's a Honda, isn't it? This longevity of ownership is because every time one owner ran out of money, they'd sell it back to the other. The price was always fixed, though. It was only ever 50 bucks, 50 pounds, a UK but Chris says that was normally enough to take a girl out for the night and buy a kebab on the way home. Circles on a racetrack. Two of Chris's biggest crashes didn't happen there, by being young, inexperienced, and just generally a bit shit. One was caused by not checking his blind spot before turning right into Staines Hospital, now defunct, where he was going to visit Grimmy, who'd previously fallen off the beloved Honda. Chris was idling along at around 20 miles an hour, trying to find the right entrance for the hospital's A&E department, and upon spying the correct gate, he turned right into the driveway without looking behind, only to get collected and totaled by an overtaking vehicle. This apparently simple turn resulted in a femur broken into seven separate pieces, a shattered heel, and he also managed to chop the top off his right thumb. Hell of a visit. The second notable off was while travelling on the M40 into London for work. I was riding in the middle lane, minding my own business, when the geezer in the car on the left-hand lane decided he needed the space that I was occupying more than I did. So this action created a need to move into the fast right-hand lane to avoid being hit. What actually happened was that the traffic inevitably stopped dead, and all I can remember was travelling through the air, flying forward through the handlebars, and landing on the vehicle two cars ahead, collecting that car with the top of my AGV helmet, and creating some fairly ugly breaks in my pelvis, amongst other bits and pieces. Chris relates that all of these crashes were avoidable. If I hadn't been stupid, and had actually remembered all that the riding instructor had imparted when I was learning, it had been okay. You can see why he's so passionate these days about rider safety and road behaviours. Chris's adventures have taken him all around the globe, to over 20 different countries actually, and I've crashed in every single one of them, he says. To be honest, that's actually his line of work. As a stunt, he gets paid to crash and fall off as spectacularly as possible. But Chris freely admits that at other times, it was his own experimentation with various techniques that I suddenly discovered didn't work. Director, and a stickler for learning properly, so that these painful incidents are lesson for other folk, I managed to convince him to tell me one of his why-the-hell-not moments, as alluded to at the beginning. One of my better adventures is when I decided to take a Kawasaki ZRX 1100 to a small, quiet, peaceful town in France where they held a classic car-bike-rally road-race day thing. Chris duly turned up at this rather staid and formal meet, and after spending half an hour with his pigeon French, he'd managed to convince the French organisers that he was actually legit. Further to this, Chris forgot to mention to the beret wearers that the Kawasaki was also fitted with a 100-horsepower booster shot of nitrous oxide. This would have been fine, perhaps, but the organisers also had a certain fact of their own that could have been imparted a little sooner. We'll leave it to the imagination as to what happens when crazy racer on shrieking modern rocket ship Encounters ye olde world eroding. And what they failed to mention was that the old town on top of the hill was still paved with 16th century cobblestones. Way back in 1993, yes, that's 33 years ago now, Chris joined a certain motorcycle club. He relates that these were some of the best days he ever had. We had a lot of fun getting up to not a lot of good, as Chris himself reminds me, he hasn't always been clever. The club met in a pub by the River Thames in Buckinghamshire on a Thursday evening. There used to be a general loop. We'd meet at a burger van at the end of High Street and you'd ride to Henley, about 13 kilometres, over the bridge, back to Maidenhead and then back via the roundabout, which is perfectly suited for knee downs, get on the A4, then head down to the Marlow Bypass Road and finish back at the burger van. Last one there had to buy the burgers. We were young. We were keen. We went to rallies. We drank beer. We made memories and we became lifelong mates. Once, we all took chainsaws and nails to a rally called Storm in the Castle in the North. So we could make our own furniture. We made this massive picnic table. Sat at it and set fire to one end so it'd keep us warm as we drank. Now, in its 33rd year, Storm on the Castle is one of the largest bike meets held annually in the UK at Whitton Castle in County Durham. Obviously, the behaviour was not outrageous enough to cause any comment. It runs for three days, and it's a major fundraiser for bikers' rights. It hosts many bands on two stages with additional fairground attractions, caterers and the usual gypsy-style alternative traders. It's famous for being extremely loud. Most of Chris Smith's history centres around this astonishing passion for motorcycles, and as a professional stunt rider, he has an enormous wealth of experience, knowledge and understanding, all of which means he's a gifted trainer and instructor. He's been teaching since he was 19 and arrived here in Aotearoa in 2008. He rides between 60 and 80,000 kilometres every year throughout the length of the country sharing this wisdom. One of Chris's key phrases is, every day is school day, and he means it. You can learn from every single ride, and his teaching helps riders understand that. He confesses that he himself is probably the world's biggest student, and says he's constantly striving to learn new stuff and to pass it on. His aim, to make everybody else's riding day 100 times safer than his own, ever were. But at his heart, Chris is a total enthusiast. And if we asked him what makes his heart beat when he gets up in the morning, it's this. Chris likes. Motorcycles. Through bikes, he's forged friendships and developed lifelong mates. He's become a mentor to many. On another level, he loves the sheer stupidity of motorbikes, and it's easy to see what he means. Frankly, few are so honest. So, here in no particular order are the things that really excite the man superchargers. Well, what can you say? Of course, Chris loves fixing and tweaking suspension setups. Yes, a capital S in that story. More than that, however, he knows that with suspension working as it should, with rider weight, tyre choice, surface, speed and balance all acknowledged, he can make brakes and traction work as they should and get you round corners like you cannot believe possible in safety. Wheelies. Yes, he does them everywhere, whenever he can, legally, like a pro. He is a pro. And he loves the fact that motorcycle technology is constantly changing and getting better. Exploring those edges where science makes things better or worse is Chris's secret world. And only someone with insane mileages, experience, skills, and passion should be doing that. But when you get him to teach you, there's no one better. We, We could go on for thousands of words, but Veggie will be asleep by now, so I'll have to stop. Last word for Chris, if it wasn't for motorcycles, I would never have ended up in New Zealand. It's a weird, wonderful web they weave. Hey, couldn't have put it better myself. and that
0: about wraps up the episode this week thank you so much for listening really appreciate it uh, if you liked it or you didn't give us some feedback email me podcast at nz. you can get in touch on social media Facebook, Instagram and TikTok uh, especially Facebook and Instagram we uh, monitor the messages that come through on those channels quite regularly so uh, if, you, if you've got something to say you want to share something with us we'd love to hear about what you ride uh, please do get in touch Kiwi Rider magazine free and absolutely awesome Kiwi motorcycling content twice a month, absolutely free. Check it out at kiwirider.co.nz. Hit that subscribe button there and that'll come straight through to your inbox whenever a new magazine is released. Matthew Daguerlitz's website on throttle.co.nz, mine, motonz.com, and the nz YouTube channel is so close to a 1,000 subscribers. Got a new stream of content out there all about the new suspension and the new gear on the Tenere 700 so I hope you enjoy that feedback is always welcome go to YouTube search up MotoNZ or it's YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash MotoNZ otherwise keep the rubber side down throttle on I've been Ray this is Kiwi Rider Podcast and we'll catch you in 7 days time